0: One of the main platforms that the mundane government has been putting effort into is the climate and energy policy or the Green New Deal policy. In line with this, the National Council on Climate and Air Quality advised that Korea should decrease or stop the uh, activities of coal power plants by the year 2045 to meet its goal of carbon neutrality. We will be assessing the feasibility of Korea's current policies and whether they are viable going forward. And we're going to hear examples from other nations as well to do some benchmarking in how to assess the best way to phase the production of coal. Uh, we're going to first hear from the Korean perspective, a researcher at the Energy and Climate Policy Institute joining us, Ha-Vara on the line. Hello. Hello. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, First, the uh, National Council on Climate and Air Quality advised that uh, Korea should limit or stop the uh, power plants from producing these harmful uh, emissions by the year 2045. In your view, is this goal feasible if we consider that the coal plant operations and uh, the uh, share of the coal uh, to the country's energy consumption is still fairly high?
1: I would say the plan for the coal exit is inevitable rather than it is feasible. Mm. The proportion of coal power plants is 40% of total electricity generation in Korea. And um, these coal power plants um, emit around one-third of total carbon emissions in Korea. So this means the closure of coal power plants is the first and the most important step to achieve the goal of um, carbon neutral in 2050. Uh, so, uh, therefore, the core energy is enough to be replaced by um, alternative energy. Uh, the renewable energy capacity in Korea has been increased rapidly. Uh, so, for example, in t- uh, 2019, around 3 gigawatts of solar um, power plants were newly installed. Uh, and from an economic perspective, as renewable energy becomes cheaper uh, with their technology, the business feasibility of coal power plants is getting lower due to high fixed operating costs compared to renewable energy.
0: So as you say it's inevitable rather than uh, it's feasible. there are some more dire warnings by uh, climate change experts that say that uh, maybe this is all Uh, a little bit um, uh, inadequate in that we are already in an existential threat situation. What are your thoughts on the timeline of 2045? Do you think is this too late?
1: Uh, Of course, yes, it is too late. Um, The IPCC suggests that uh, we must reduce 50% of the carbon emissions compared to 2010 by 2030 uh, to achieve the goal of carbon neutral by 2050 and to stay under 1.5 Celsius degree uh, increase, which is also the goal of the uh, Paris agreement. So, yes, it is too late.
0: Well, uh, according to an international environmental think tank, uh, Climate Transparency, uh, Korea reports uh, greenhouse gas emissions that is twice the G20 Nation's average. That sounds pretty bad. Is, is it because Korea is heavily dependent on coal compared to other uh, advanced economies, or are there some other reasons?
1: Um, Korean society is uh, highly addicted to fossil fuel consumption. Uh, the biggest share of carbon emission in Korea is energy fuel consumption, which is eighty six percent. This includes the carbon. Uh, the fuel consumption from the coal power plants, industries, and transportation. Uh, the Korea, Korea is one of the largest importers, importers of coal in the world. That is why Korea emits twice the G20 average, and that is why Korea is called the, uh, climate villain.
0: You did mention uh, the pa- the Paris Accords and how uh, there is this uh, consensus, including yourself, that feel that uh, we are not moving fast enough. Some experts have pointed out that if Korea wants to meet the Paris Agreement agendas, it would actually have to stop operating coal cl- plants not by 2045, but by the year 2029, which would be uh, we're in the year 2020. Right now, we're getting very close to 2021. So it's, it's uh, less than a decade from now. Uh, that means if we are able to be uh, abiding by the Paris agreement, we should already be um, uh, kind of moving towards some other alternatives to coal. Uh, what is your assessment of the current situation? Do you feel that Korea has the means and capabilities and the uh, infrastructure to, to support that kind of change?
1: actually uh and for now there is no enough infrastructure for the transition in korea Uh, and that is because the korean government has done nothing for climate action for more than 30 years although um, renewable energy in korea has been rapidly increased uh, the current proportion of renewable energy capacity for generation is only 8.9 percent Uh, The reason why Korea is too late for the energy transition is that traditional energy businesses have disturbed investment in renewable energy. So under the pro-nuclear and pro-coal policy, the money did not go to the renewable uh, technology. As a result, nuclear and coal energy could be um, much cheaper than renewable for years. Uh, therefore, since the centralized power plants um, were the main power in Korea for a long time, uh, the electricity power system for distributed en- energy has not been prepared well, so it must be on the track as soon as possible. Uh, the global action for climate change has begun to, th- uh, to be discussed from the 1990s along with these 30 years. The global society was not fast enough to uh, stop climate change, but many countries have prepared for a carbon neutral society, while Korea, Korea did not. Uh, Austria Austria has had already closed all the coal power plants, and Portugal will in 2021, and France will be. Uh, In 2022, it must be hard, but it is not impossible. Um, So I would say it is better to do something late than to never do it at all.
0: Right. Better late than never. So uh, although the infrastructure perhaps is not up to par, and we've been uh, a little bit uh, behind the other countries in trying to uh, have some efforts toward a carbon neutral future, uh, what do you think about the current efforts then right now the, the, with the Moon Jae-in administration uh, and their policies? Uh, do you think they are in line with a carbon neutrality uh, goal? And overall, what are your thoughts on the uh, governmental platforms of what some people feel is pretty ambitious uh, with the uh, Green New Deal? Um, uh,
1: Korean Green New Deal contains uh, plans for three parts. So first one is about the green transition, uh, green transition of city places and life, and second one is about the distributed energy plan, and the last last one is about green industry. Uh, so one hand, the green New Deal gives the exact signs to the corporations and businesses that green is the new money, uh, which is good. So with this positive sign by the government, it can help the businesses to set the goal like RE100, which means the uh, companies will consume 100% of their consumption by renewable energy. And the green new deal perhaps can make new jobs in the green industry. Uh, on the other hand, the Korean green new deal is a new deal for the green industry, not a, uh, not a new deal for carbon neutral. It only contains decorative uh, expressions that it aims to achieve uh, carbon neutral through the green new deal. Um, of course, it aims ambitious goal, uh, increasing renewable energy to um, three times with uh, with the investment of 56 trillion won. Mm. Um, However, increasing uh, renewable energy cannot reduce all carbon emissions to achieve the goal. The consumption and demand for um, energy and materials must be reduced together. Uh, Moreover, the Green New Deal must deal with the uh, just transition, uh, climate change, unfairly impacts people, uh, social weaker get more uh, damages from climate change, uh, and the poor lost more by climate change. If the Green New Deal is for sustainable society and actions to the climate crisis, it must raise the uh, groundwork for just transition as
0: Thank you. Right. So uh, still a lot of work ahead, certainly, uh, according to your analysis. Uh, Havara, thank you very much for joining us and appreciate your analysis. Thank you very much. That was Havara, a researcher at the Energy and Climate Policy Institute. So let's now get a global Perspective on Korea's New Deal Green New Deal policy. We're going to find out maybe how other countries around the world have been somewhat more successful in achieving this. Uh, we're pleased to be joined by the energy and climate policy analyst at Climate Analysis, Dr. Ursula Fuentes Hoodfilter on the line. Hello.
2: Hello. Good morning.
0: Good morning to you. Thank you for joining us. So there are a lot of countries that have been planning or already achieved a uh, phase-out of coal. Uh, It's said that coal is the most carbon-intensive fossil fuel and should be the one that should be targeted first. Um, What are some of the expected results that may occur beneficially if countries achieve a complete coal phase-out?
2: Yes, well, indeed, um, as you say, coal is the most carbon-intensive uh, fossil fuel, and that is why um, it is really um, it has been identified uh, as a very robust uh, scientific result, looking across a whole range of uh, uh, analysis and scenarios, that uh, phasing out coal uh, for power generation is the single most important step to keep the door open to achieve. Uh, the important goal of the Paris Agreement to, to limit warming uh, um, to levels to avoid um, uh, catastrophic climate change. So um, uh, if we follow um, those uh, pathways and benchmarks to be consistent with the Paris Agreement 1.5 goal, it means coal power generation really has to peak now uh, and has to rapidly decrease to 80% below 2010 levels by 2030 and be phased out globally by 2040 and this would be uh, a very important step to ensure that we achieve the Paris Agreement goal but then also um, achieve many other benefits uh, in particular reducing air pollution.
0: Now in terms of the countries that have been successful in uh, transitioning away from coal could you kind of walk us through how uh, various nations have tried to approach this coal phase-out?
2: Yes Indeed. And I, I, I would say um, some of the common elements um, that we see is uh, what is important is to have a really planned transition uh, combined with strong support for renewable energy. One example, an early example is Denmark in Northern Europe. Um, it was a very coal intensive uh, uh, country in the 80s mm. um, and has from very early on supported renewable energy and has a tradition also of long term uh, joint planning. And uh, other examples are linking this, again, with long-term planning and linking it with uh, uh, steps to, to reduce emissions uh, and re- linking it to targets uh, for climate and air pollution, like the UK also um, that managed to reduce coal uh, in a very short uh, period of time. And another element that is important is linking it, uh, and again that links to a, a staged and planned transition, uh, making sure Um, that regions that are strongly uh, dependent on coal um, being production, mining, or or, uh, coal uh, power generation, uh, that those those regions are supported in particular. uh, And that is linked to the concept of a just transition. In Germany, for example, um, there was a strong... um, A discussion process involving all stakeholders um, and then a support for these regions also from the federal government. Spain and and Europe also an example uh, of managing a just transition and and not leaving anybody behind in regions um, that are affected to ensure that there is employment in those regions that uh, uh, used to be dependent on on, uh, employment from coal.
0: Yeah, that does seem to be another very important point uh, from what I understand with the U.S. Uh, there had been such, such resistance and you still see in those states like, let's say, West Virginia, where it is uh, very heavily uh, still a coal mining uh, nation, although that there's been a shrinkage in the industry, there still is some political backlash uh, to, uh, without providing that adequate uh, sort of uh, uh, just transition, as you point out, uh, with uh, moving away from coal for those uh, communities that are dependent economically uh, on coal production. Uh, it's it's quite clear from what you're laying out that each country is different. So um, there is no cookie cutter approach to how to phase out uh, coal production in a specific nation. Um, just to the extent that you've been able to look into the situation in uh, Korea. As, as you know, South Korea still uh, is a little bit behind in terms of trying to phase out coal. And uh, they are using a 2045 year as a deadline, which some people feel should have to be uh, moved forward. In, in South Korea, what what approaches do you think they can take, and what do you think are some of the challenges as far as the current economic uh, environmental policy for South Korea? Um,
2: yes, um, in, indeed. Um, what we find uh, from science is, as I said, coal should be phased out globally by twenty forty. Uh, however, uh, um, OECD countries and the European Union. Um, would need to phase it out earlier by 2030 um because it will be um harder for other countries uh to, to phase out uh, coal where um the growth in demand is is higher <clears throat> so um and uh so that is i think an important step to to make sure that one plans that transition in line with these uh scientific findings um because that ensures certainty also for planning. uh, And that's better than having to correct planning uh, later on, Mm -hmm. which can lead to higher costs because there are stranded assets from from continuing to invest in coal. Mm -hmm. An example is, for example, Germany that has planned for a longer-term phase-out but might have to face a a later correction. So it's better to plan ahead earlier. And in particular, it also means um, definitely stopping to... Uh, continue constructing new coal generation units because that will uh, lead to more pressure to um, uh, stopping their use or reducing the use uh, before the end of the lifetime and that's a big financial risk also in, in terms of stranded uh, assets so uh, uh, yes, I would. I would say. It, it, I mean, it is encouraging um, what we're seeing in terms of planning for net zero emissions and, and green new deal. But it's important to then take the, the steps, hmm. the immediate steps, uh, 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 and 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 not fail to, to start that transition um, early. And in general, in terms of the the, the environment policy, um, I suppose, um, indeed, it's important to take the consequences for the immediate steps. And that relates to the Paris Agreement um, that calls for um, achieving uh, uh, net zero emissions, but also calls for ratcheting up the climate targets uh, for for the near term for 2030.
0: And final question, um, without getting political, many people have cheered the uh, election of Joe Biden as the president of the United States because it signals a return of U.S., uh, the most important partner perhaps, uh, to the Paris Climate Agreement. Uh, what are your prospects for global cooperation going forward on these environmental issues? Uh,
2: well, I have to say I'm, I'm very optimistic. Um, I'm optimistic. Uh I think we are in a situation where we can be as optimistic as uh, we were five years ago when the Paris agreement was actually adopted. Mm. And this is because, uh, as you say now, um, uh, with the change in administration in the U.S., um, um, there's an announcement that they will join the increasing club of countries um, that are aiming for net zero uh, targets uh, by mid-century. So... Um, and, and when we see this, this started this year with a development in the European Union uh, that is discussing uh, ratcheting up its its 2030 target considerably uh, um, and uh, also has a target to reach net zero emissions. And then, uh, importantly, China uh, with the announcement uh, for a mid-century, this is before 2060, um, um, uh, carbon neutrality. Uh, and you add countries like um uh, uh, Korea and Japan with goals to achieve net zero, if you add the United States, we have um, more than half Hmm. of uh, emissions uh, that are covered by by those targets. So that is really considerable. And that means um, we are getting much closer to achieving the goal to to keep um, the Paris Agreement 1.5 limit within reach.
0: Yeah. And so uh, despite all the challenges and certainly uh, during this pandemic, uh, often uh, maybe climate change becomes uh, put down on the priority list. uh, uh, At least uh, there is that sense of optimism going forward uh, with uh, leadership and how there can be some global cooperation uh, on this very, very important and some would say uh, existential issue for uh, mankind here. Uh, We're going to leave it there. But uh, Dr. Ursula Fuentes, Hood thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate it.
2: Thank you very much.
0: Well, we're going to move on to part four of the program. We've got one more check of traffic and weather before we take a break.